0: I did with Sheldon Roden. Sheldon, back by popular demand, is reprising his role as Marvin Gaye Prince of Soul at West Coast Black Theater Troupe. Sheldon's story is unusual. This is a man who is performing so that others can be made happy and smile by what he offers. It's a lovely story, so hang on. Here come the show. Hearing from
1: an inner voice, finding choice where there's no choice, with gentle prodding from.
0: is about being the person you really are. Not the person you think you have to be. Not the person other people are. Not the person someone told you you had to be or even told you you were. Not even the person you may currently think you are, but the person you really are. Unfortunately, too many people have experiences in their childhoods which discourage them from being who they really are, from demonstrating a quality or a talent or an interest. And when discouraged, children will quite often begin to pretend that they're not that thing. They don't have that interest. They don't like to do that thing. And they can get so good at it that they come into adulthood having forgotten something important about themselves. In my shows, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art, because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And in this interview with Sheldon, you can hear that he discovered very early what it was he wanted to do with his life, how he wanted to use his talent. And although it wasn't a completely stressless ride, Sheldon was able to hold on to who he is and demonstrate it in his life. So here now is the authentic Sheldon Roden. Okay, so I'm here with Sheldon Roden, and I am interviewing Sheldon because he is about to open in
2: Marvin Gaye, Prince of Soul.
0: I've seen you in so many things. In fact, I even got to dance with you on stage. Yes. And remember? Which
2: we had a lot of fun. We had a lot
0: of fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, yeah. My well,
2: new dancing partner.
0: Yeah,
3: right, right.
0: And, you know, uh, I'm a fan, as everybody is. And, and, and I've seen you grow all over, over this time, right. And um, not only in talent, because that was always there, but in comfort, you know, in mm-hmm. ease on the stage. Mm-hmm. It just has gotten better and better and better.
2: You know, I've gotten that a lot. Um, for myself, it's, you know, you say well, I haven't grown up; still the same person. But when I look back on you know my previous performances, and then I come into now, and I can tell there is a really big difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, even you know to this day, I, I'm still kind of a shy you know person. Uh, the stage is really not my friend, although it may not look that way. Um, I'm I'm very shy, but I have come into I guess, kind of shaking that shyness off when I get on stage. And, you know, of course, when I step off stage, it comes back again, so...
0: It doesn't show on stage. Wow. No, it doesn't show. And and when you do something like Marvin Gaye, where it's all you... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one thing if you're part of the ensemble, you're part of the cast, you right, know... Right, right. But when it's Marvin Gaye, I mean, this it's you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so any shyness, you would think, would be, you know, I mean, it would it would really... It would really be a challenge to overcome
2: it is, and that's why ironically, it's so appealing that I am playing this character because although we are generations apart, but we share some of the same spirits, talking to you know his wife and reading about him. He was a shy person, wow, um, and his family you know they they speak about it a lot, he was very shy, but as you say. You know, when he stepped on stage, yeah, you couldn't tell. No, it didn't show. And so it's the same for me. You know, I didn't know that that's how he was until I read about him. And then I'm like, wow. Because people don't believe it, but I, I, I am really shy. Like, no, no. Before I step on stage, I am like crazy nervous. You know, uh, almost about to fall out. You know, but somehow, you know, I'm able to get up there and shake it off.
0: I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. And it's very clear that the art to which you are giving your life and trying to make a living Mm -hmm. is the art of performing.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Singing, dancing, acting, is that accurate? That's correct. I'm, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody. And that is, can you remember the very first time in your life when it occurred to you that you might want to sing or dance or perform or that it might be fun or that it was attractive or compelling
2: actually I can't I can remember it like it was yesterday really um, it was the very first time I had sang openly in front of a group of people it was a you know I was in church of course Ah. and the song that I sung was a song that was taught to me it was you know named walk around heaven and my first time singing that song I was maybe six or seven years old I knew nothing about uh, performing or music but when I sang that song and I seen the response from the the congregation I was like whoa <laughs> I think I like wow. this you know although the whole time I was standing up there I, I, I think I had my eyes closed the whole time I wasn't looking at anybody I was just singing and uh, when I finished the song and, and I you know, heard the response and I seen the response of the people I said wow I think I can get used to this. And I fell in love with music and singing. You know, I I come from a background of of music, my family, uh, family of singers. And so, you know, it was kind of deeply rooted in me.
0: What made you do it in the first place?
2: Oh, well, again, that was the first time I sung openly. Now, I had already sung, you know, I would sing at home or, you know, if we were like at the church but in like a rehearsal type setting, I would sing. Um, So, uh...
0: So it was natural for you to sing?
2: Yes. Well, you were really, singing anyway. Yeah, just not in front of people. Right. You know? And do you
0: remember why you suddenly were put up there to do this?
2: Um, the, my uh, choir leader at that time was a singer as well. And his nephew and I, we grew up, you know, we were the same age. And so he figured that the choir leader, him, his brothers and sisters, and my mom and uncles had a group together, uh-huh. a singing group. And so for him, it was like, okay, they're the next generation. So let's get them started. And so they teach us this song that they, you know, they used to sing. And that's what motivated us to, you know, or for him to teach us that song. He felt like, oh, they're the next generation. They can sing. And they're the kids. You know, we were at seven, six, seven years old. And he felt like, you know, we had the talent.
0: Yeah, it was expected. Yes. It was expected. Pretty much. Right. And so you got up there and did it because that's what was expected for you to do. Right? Yes. Right. And then you look out. <laughs> and,
2: <laughs> and then I look out and I see the, the response of the audience. And it, and it wasn't that they were clapping because they thought that I was good. I was I was more excited about, wow, I just made somebody smile. I just made somebody happy. That's what motivated me. Wow.
0: Okay. So this is really interesting. So you've got this really powerful memory that you can still see. I oh, can yes. see it when you're oh, talking yes. about it, right? Oh, yes. Right, right. And And it says to you... I have something that brings pleasure to people, mm-hmm. and it's something that I do naturally. That I don't, I don't have, It's not a stretch for me. I don't have to work at this. Right. Right? right. Okay. Did you then begin to sing or in, in public, or was that the last time you did it for a long time? Or no,
2: I actually began to sing. I wouldn't say in public, but in the church community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me and uh, my friend uh, Johnny Norris is his name. We were known... You know, in the church community, you know, those those two little boys there, you know. So we would sing, you know, different, you know, programs, youth programs, that sort of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's when it all started, and it just went uphill from there. Yeah,
0: well, tell me about the uphill. I mean, did you pursue it, or did it come to you? Do you know what I mean?
2: I would say it came to me. Yeah, tell me. Because after, you know, performing in the church community, it got to a point where you didn't have to look for it. People came looking for you. You know, can you sing at this program? Can you sing at this wedding? Can you sing at this funeral? And so it just, you know, it it started coming, and for a while, you know, that's that's what I did, and so around about my teenage years, I had gotten this thing where I was like, you know what? I was born and raised in the church. I'm tired of church music. I want to try something different. Wow. And so uh, I tried to do this switch over to R&B.
0: How did you do that? I mean, did you listen to records? Did you take classes? Well,
2: no, of course, you know, my my parents, you know, they would play those old, like, you know, Motown, like Marvin Gaye, and, Mm -hmm. you know, back in the the 80s, early 90s, that's when, you know, you still had a a little bit of that good uh, soul music. Mm -hmm. And so I would just listen to that. Right. And, you know, and I'm like, wow, I want to sing like them. You know, I want to be like them. I want to record like them. I want to make people feel good like them. So
0: already... In your teenage years, are we talking about 13, 16? We're
2: talking like 12, oh, yeah, 13 right. years right, old. Right, right, right. Yeah. You're
0: already thinking, maybe this is a career.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, maybe Definitely. I can do this for my Definitely. life, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I think when I was about 14 years old was uh, when I stepped into an actual studio for the first time. Really? Yeah, a recording studio. Um, a good friend of mine in high school, his brother had this recording studio and. um His brother was a rapper, he was a rapper, and I was a singer, so they, you know, they invited me to come sing in the studio. And I felt like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. So
0: what did you sing? Do you remember?
2: Honestly, I can't remember.
0: Do you remember the experience?
2: The experience was like, wow. Yeah. Because you hear or you see these different artists who have, back then they had tapes Mm -hmm. or CDs. Right. And it was like I want my voice to be on one of those. Mm-hmm. And finally, I had my chance. Mm-hmm. I, I had a chance to where I could pick up a CD and put it in the, you know, and hear me singing mm-hmm. on the radio. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> <cruel."> <laughs> um, and so that's how the, you know that's what that experience was for me.
0: Yeah. But, so it gave you an opportunity also to hear yourself. It's not the yes. same as when you hear yourself with your ears. It's when no, you it's hear totally yourself. No, it's
2: totally different. Yeah. when... when when you hear yourself, when you can play back something that you did, you're able to critique yourself. You're able to find out, you know, find your flaws. You know, what could I have done different?
3: So
0: did you hear things that oh, you yeah. would have done all different? all the time. Really? All the
2: time. Still? Yes, still to this date. Uh, if I play back something that, you know, i have saying I could find something wrong with it. I don't <laughs> care how good people may think it is. I can always find something wrong with oh dear. it, which I appreciate. Um, simply being because I feel like if you ever reach the point where you can't learn anymore is when you fail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm always critiquing, always trying to work better to better myself. I, I, my One of my sincere prayers is that I never get to the point where I feel like I've made it. I, don't, I, I, I never want to reach that point. Yeah. Because, like I say, when you reach the point where you think you've made it is when you actually fail. It's over.
0: So, it's <laughs> yeah, right, that's right. Okay, so, so now, how are your family feeling about this? I mean, do they know how committed you are to this? Oh, yeah.
2: So committed. Then, when you were a teenager,
0: did they know? Yes.
2: So committed that I can't remember what age I was, but it was one particular time. I, and I was singing in the church, and one of my uncles was was there. Actually, I think both of them there. One is actually a singer as well. And this particular time, not that I thought I was the best, but I thought I gave my all. I thought I did my best. And so we get home and my uncle says, you sounded like crap. Ooh. Right. That's the response. I always get that response. But, um, it was the best,
0: uh, wake up call
2: that I could ever get in my life. Yeah. Um, people say, oh, was he that... You know, he actually, you know, cursed. But he's like, was he actually that mean? Like, no, he wasn't that mean. It was just that he wanted to see more.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you believed I, him.
2: Oh, oh, that is, whenever, you know, people ask me, you know, who, who are my idols, when it, you know, in the industry? My uncle is. It's not, you know, not, don't get me wrong. I do admire, you know, the Marvin Gayes, the Jamie Foxx, the Tyrese, the Tank, you know, those right, singers right. and all. But I really look up to my uncle. Because? Um, Because of his drive, you know, his his inspiration. Like, I know he was inspired to be, you know, a singer recording artist. And for whatever reason, it didn't work for him. And instead of him being selfish. Or bitter. Or bitter about it, he said, okay, it didn't work for me, but let me help push my nephew. Wow. And not in a way where he he praised me or worshipped me, but he was the one in my corner that would you know, be honest with me and tell me when I sounded horrible mm-hmm. or when I did bad or when I could have done something different. Well, and was and he
0: equally willing to tell you when you did good?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He would tell me if I did good. Mm-hmm. It, it may not have been, oh, you did great. It, you know, it could have been, it was okay. Okay, right. He wants you know? to right. <laughs> uh, get
0: a swelled head.
2: It, or it, and I, and, and, and t- to this day, I appreciate it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I get the when you make it is when you fail. Um, because it kept that learning spirit in me. It kept that always wanting to do better.
0: Well, it kept you from arrogance. Oh. Which I imagine would have been very easy because it came so easily to you, and people responded so quickly to you. So I think it would have been easy for you to think, Oh, this isn't hard. I can do this. I got enough.
2: You're right, because now when people tell me that, you know, they, they, they feel like I did an awesome job or they thought I did a great job, in the back of my head I'll say thank you, you know, because it's polite. And I, I really do, you know, respect their decision. But in the back of my head, I say, they're lying to me.
3: Ooh.
2: But, and they may not be lying.
0: No, they're, probably they're not.
2: They're, they, I, I, I genuinely believe that they've been a 100% honest. But for me to have that, you know, although, because that's how it happened. The people in church were telling me, oh, you did so great, you did so good. And I get home, my uncle says, you sound like shit. <laughs> right, right. And so, um. That's what I keep in the back of my head.
0: Okay, so are you ever really satisfied? Do you ever really say, I nailed that?
2: I can't. I can't say that I am.
0: Oh, my dear.
2: I can't say that I am. The closest I would come would be, I gave my all.
0: Yes, I did my best.
2: I did my best. That's the closest I would ever come to, I nailed it. The closest I would come would, I gave my all, I did my best. Wow. Wow. However it happened, I did my best. Right. And as long as I feel like I did my best, that's all okay. that, matter, I'm okay with
0: that. Yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Um, I, it's funny because I'm the, I, I understand that and I admire it. At the same time, I, I can't help wanting you to get off on it. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, right, you know, to enjoy it as much as everybody else mm-hmm. does. You know, you're bringing so much pleasure.
2: But that's my enjoyment.
0: Yeah. Okay, good.
2: My <laughs> enjoyment is, one... Knowing that I'm giving my best,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and two, to see a smile. Mm-hmm. As long, you know, if I see a smile, and I know that I made someone happy, I've done. You know, that's my enjoyment and all.
0: Well, I, I, I really enjoyed dancing with you. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
2: and I'm not the dancer either. <laughs> no, no, you were great. You were great. That I, was so <laughs> I, I like to say I, I have two left feet. No. Yes, God, definitely. God, you are
0: so hard on yourself.
2: Oh, definitely. I'm not a dancer. At all.
0: Okay, all right. So, have you studied at all? Have you studied voice or dance or acting or any of that?
2: When you say study. I mean, um,
0: have taken classes in it? No. No.
2: No. 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 All of my... What I would consider studying or classing or classes would be stuff that I've done on my own, or people you know I've worked with on a personal level. But what do you mean? Uh, like working with Nate. Nate. Jacob, mm-hmm. you know, Right. 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 Uh, right. You know him being the vocalist that he is, you know, uh, and a friend helping me and giving me different vocal techniques or vocal tips, uh-huh. that type of thing. But never, and acting? No.
0: No. Not. Not even from Nate.
2: From Nate, a little bit.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I wouldn't say to the extent that I would like to, uh, because I've, I've actually taken a liking to acting.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but very little, very well,
0: little. Well, there are, the, it's not too late. No, it's never too late. <laughs> no, it's, it's not never too, late. too late. And given your your need, really, to keep growing, mm-hmm. maybe that's the next thing for you. It is, to get, definitely. You know, right? That is
2: actually the next step uh, mm-hmm. for my career. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you, you see a lot of uh, artists and singers that cross over. They do movies. Right. Um, I'm not sure if they take any acting classes or not. I mean, they do it well. Mm-hmm. So, but that is the, the next step in my career, is actually trying to, I don't want to say perfect. No, yeah, enhance your skills. Enhance my acting skills. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so did Nate direct you in this? In Martin Yes, yes. Okay. Nate is the director. Okay. Alright, so it's an interesting dichotomy that on the one hand, uh, this shyness, which I completely believe in, you know, I mean, I can see it in you, and the, on the other hand, this uh, pleasure at doing this thing, which you do, which is the opposite of shy. I mean, you can't be shy on that stage, you, can't, you know, I mean, you can't give your all to that, you know, and be shy at the same time. So when you said before, you said several times, so I get on stage, I shake it off. Do you know how you do that? I mean, is it magic? I don't. No, it's magic. Right? It just happens.
2: Pretty much. Right. You don't
0: go there and do some kind of technique.
2: No. It's funny because people often tell me that when they see me on stage, they can tell that I'm in a different element. Mm hmm because outside of the stage, they know who I am. Right. And so when they see me perform, they say, it's not you. And yeah. I truly believe it's not me. Yeah, who is that guy it's, up it's there spiritual. on the stage? Well, I, yeah, it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's definitely spiritual. So
0: you feel like it's coming through you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's coming down and out.
0: Uh, down and out. Yes.
2: yes, I'm just, I like to say I'm just a vessel mm-hmm. that God is using Yeah. to mm-hmm. uh, make his people happy.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay, so... um this, this play. Let's talk a little bit about this play. Okay. Is it very different from the Man and His Music, or
2: there are some revisions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there are some things that changed. Um, I think, me personally, I think it's stronger musically. I, there's a. I think there's a few difference um, in it.
0: Are you doing different songs or are you doing different arrangements? Uh,
2: different arrangements. Mm-hmm. Different arrangements.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, who's, who Who did that? Was it Jay, the musical director? Or no, no, that
2: was Nate, the director, actually. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, because when we finished the first Marvin Gaye, which although we knew was very new, it was a baby, and we knew that it wasn't fully developed um, after that show, Nate, you know, went into a workshop, and he kind of went to doing some rewrites and seeing how he could make it better and, and enhancing it. And so those were some of the changes that he made. It's a little bit more emotional. Is it? Yeah.
0: Well, that's an interesting thing um, in relationship to your shyness. How how, how, do, how is it for you to play emotion on stage?
2: Easy. <laughs> I uh, see. Uh, and the reason I say it's easy is because... Um, Behind this hard shell of mine, uh, I am very uh, God-fearing and, and, and uh, heart-led. So, you know, I have a love for people. I have a passion for people. And in my life, or should I say, what I feel God uses me for is to make his people happy. And that's, that is actually what I enjoy in life. Mm -hmm. If I can see a smile on your face or I know that genuinely I did something to change your world and from something small to something big, I've made my accomplishment.
0: You want to tell me what makes you think you have a hard shell?
2: There's a saying that you... you, um, you have to be hard on the outside, but soft on the inside.
0: I'm sorry, but you don't seem to be hard anywhere here. <laughs> you're,
2: you're, you're just a big softy. Well, it's it's right? funny. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because some people like to say that I'm cold-hearted. Really? Yeah, I, I've gotten Are that, those
0: people who know you?
2: No. No. I won't say that. They genuinely <laughs> No. Know. No. Anybody that knows me, that genuinely and really knows me, knows that I love people. Yeah. It, I mean, it. It's e- you know I feel like it's easy, you know, but i the reason that's why I said I have a heart shell is because I've been told that you know I don't care, I have heart, uh, I have a cold heart, and
0: this must be a woman who wanted you
2: could be <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't want because I don't see it, you know it could be um but what what I find myself <clears throat> thinking is your family is very supportive, no, yes. or they right, yes, yeah, I'm making this up, so correct me if I'm wrong, but. You grew up feeling cared about, appreciated, valued, no?
2: Yes, definitely. I, I, I always had family support, mm-hmm. family love. Um, what I did not have, or should I say what I was very afraid of, was because my grandmother was uh, my pastor or my minister, I always felt like I would be in the restraints of the church.
0: Ah, yes. And Everybody's looking at the... the grandson of the pastor. Right. You need to be especially good and whatever, right? Exactly.
2: Right, exactly. Um, I can't do any wrong. Right, um, right. You know, that sort of thing. So, and especially in my teenage years when I wanted to do other things, mm-hmm. I, I was also afraid because it's like, you know, my grandmother's the pastor. What is people going to say? What are people going to think? And so, you know, that time was very, very hard for me. i
0: bet it was. But what's very. so interesting about you it seems to me, is that you didn't seem, well, again, correct me, did you rebel? A little Yeah, (laughs) a little little on the side, Um, right?
2: The reason I say I I rebel not because I was disrespectful of that sort to my my grandmother, but I knew how she felt. I knew that um, because of her upbringing, um, she wasn't very fond of what uh, we consider secular or R&B music. It it just wasn't her. She was a pastor. So she felt like she had to, you know, be an example, set an example. So I did rebel because I did it anyway. Because you
0: did it anyway. But Um, you rebelled with the music.
2: With the music. I mean, you didn't, uh,
0: you know, rob cars or get drunk or get somebody pregnant (laughs) (laughs) or something. You did it with the music, I rebelled with the
2: music. And funny, um, because she was the first person that I thought would put me down. Yes. Because of, you know who she was and her statue, and actually, she was the first person to support me. Yeah. Um, She told me that, you know, we all have different callings in life. Um, Her calling for that sake was to be the pastor of a small church, you know, in Sarasota. Um, My calling could be that I'm supposed to touch the world in many different ways, and she would always say that God uses people in many different ways and in many different venues. And so now, uh, because she she actually came to Marvin Gaye's show,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know it it was kind of hard, you know. Mm-hmm. My grandmother sitting and I'm singing like "Let's Get It On," etc. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. right, 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 But she was. I appreciate her because she was able to look beyond the music. She knew that it wasn't the music that I would, you know, it wasn't. About it wasn't the, the lyric. Music. No, it wasn't the lyric. Right. It was what I was doing to touch somebody. Right. You know. And if it calls God to have me to sing a sexual healing or, or let's get it on to establish a relationship yeah. so that when that person really gets to know who I am, and then I can start ministering to them that way. So, you know, I, I hold on to that now.
0: Yeah, what, the point <clears throat> I was trying to make, um, which you are making for me, is the, how important life-changing it is to have the people who raise you, who matter oh, to you.
2: That's all, that matters. that's
0: all that matters. That's all that matters. And it makes it possible for you to be as free as you are on yes, stage. Yes, it
2: makes it so much easier.
0: That's right, it's safe.
2: Mm-hmm. It's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is different with Marvin because Marvin, he had the support from his mom and his siblings, but the one person he wanted support from, which was his dad, he didn't get it. Mm. And so it, it made life very hard for him. So every day, uh, Marvin worked to please his dad. Um, which, in my instance, is a little different. You know, I have the support of my family. So every day, I, I work to please God. Mm-hmm. You know, how can you know what can I do to please him? And so that's what makes what I do so much easier. Now, I won't say it wasn't. Uh, it was an easy road getting here.
0: Well, talk to me about that. <laughs>
2: Because I did get, you know, uh, scorned and, you know, talked about because of what I was doing. By whom? The Christian uh, community. Community. Yeah. Um, Which I always feel like um, there's always some good in the bad, Mm -hmm. um, which actually really uh, made my relationship with God stronger. Um, The Christians felt like because I was born and raised in the church and I am, you know, what you would consider a worship leader, they felt like I couldn't do that, or shouldn't be doing that yeah. in singing what they consider secular music. And so, with with going through that, it it made me dig deeper into finding out the purpose that God had for my life. Uh, it made me dig deeper into what His Word really said. You know, um, there's a a story in the Bible uh, where it talks about Him. Uh, becoming as an addict or going out and reaching to those, let's say, drug addicts or alcoholics because um, they're not going to come to the church <laughs> because, you know, they feel like I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Right. Uh Not knowing that, you know, the church is mm-hmm. it's a hospital for the sick and, the, you know, the ones that really need it. It's not a club <laughs> for the saints. <laughs> And so, I, I live by that. I live by that. You know, it's not the people in the church that I, I am trying to reach. Because if you're in a church, that means you know, you know, you you... I can't save you. No. I'm not a savior. Jesus is the savior. My job is to simply introduce he has you.
0: Yes, to get people in that's the it. door. <laughs>
2: my job is to simply introduce you
0: mm-hmm. to the
2: person that can save you. And that's through my testimony. That's through my life experiences that I've been through. And so, when you look at me and you say, wow... Sheldon went through that, and he, he made it through. Yeah.
0: I, I really want to highlight this, the ability that some people have that you have to recognize who they really are and honor that in the face of obstacle. Yeah. You know, not everybody can do that. What are you thinking?
2: It was hard. I'll bet it was. Because it was, I, I, I can't say it happened overnight. Um, because I made some decisions based upon what people thought about me, you know. Yeah, you decisions.
0: you you tried different routes. Right, right, right.
2: Because you know, because of you know, I'm very loyal, you know, to people I consider friends. So I valued opinions, I valued thoughts, and so I would make decisions based on that. And it, it was it wasn't until recently, actually, maybe a year or two ago, that I've actually come into who I really am yeah. and my purpose and able to honor that.
0: Okay, so how did you wind up in um, WBTT? (laughs)
2: Um, It was Nate. Um, Nate actually had heard me sing at a good friend of mine's funeral. We were like 21, 22. She died of uh, breast cancer. Mm. She had three kids. We were very close in school. And so here I am singing at this funeral and all Nate can see is, wow, he has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Nate came to me. I was working at Verizon at the time. Um, he would come to my job and, you know, say, hey, I, you know, how have steer the company, would you be interested? And I, I blew him off for, like, <laughs> a year. Wow. And uh, finally, after, you know, talking to my mom, because he actually ran into my mom, and he was like, yeah, you know, I've been trying to get your son, and I don't think he's interested. And she said, let me talk to him. And so she did. She sat me down, she talked to me, she said, you know, you never know what doors God is trying to open <laughs> He up. keeps banging on you. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to let, you know what or, I mean? or who he's trying to use mm-hmm. to live. Or how he's trying or to use you. how he's trying to use right. me, exactly. And so that's what made me, you know. So you
0: said, oh, all right, I'll give it a shot.
2: Well, actually, it didn't come that easy. Because Nate uh, had made up in his mind that he wasn't going to ask me anymore. And in one particular rehearsal, uh, Nate needed another guy. And so Nate. He told the cast member, he was like, you know, there was this one guy that I had considered, but I'm not going to call him. I've asked him, you know, n- you know, numerous times. And so one of the cast members, uh, Niecy, who played Tammy Terrell, mm-hmm. she says, who, Nate? And Nate says, oh, this, you know, this gentleman, he's from Sarasota. And she was like, who, Sheldon? He was like, yeah. And so Niecy convinced Nate. Wow. She said, Nate. Try give, one more. Try one more time. Mm-hmm. Give him one more call. So that night, he called me in the middle of rehearsal. And I came down to the rehearsal space, and I've been there ever since. Wow!
0: Yeah, you were—you were clearly meant to be
2: in the yeah, in the Yeah, I've in been there the ever truth, since. Right? The
0: the last question I ask is, having given your life, and, and really, if you if you imagine that this started at six years old, you know, you have really given a life to the the pursuit of bringing music to other people, you know, using your God-given talent, mm-hmm. right? Well, is there anything you would say about what that's like?
2: And It's funny because the journey isn't over. No kidding. But from where I've come, whether it be singing, acting, drawing, or even you being, you know, an interviewer, whatever you have a passion or love to do, do it. <laughs> and do it with an open heart. It'll make the road much easier.
0: That's a great place to stop. Thank you very much, Sheldon. (laughs) Thank you. Whatever you have a love or a passion to do, do it. And do it with an open heart. It will make the road much easier. That is, of course, what The Lynn Show is all about, about discovering. Who you really are, what it is that really captures you, engages you, compels you, and doing it with your open heart, your whole self, because as Sheldon says, it makes the road so much easier. As always, I hope that you got something you can use from this show.
1: You see, I'm getting older. My hair is turning gray Always in my face and figure I've both seen better days Well, I won't be retiring I won't slip out of sight No, I will not go gentle Into that good night Singing, not a tune that I once sang i just keep returning Like some goddamn boomerang No, I won't go with a whimper I am going with a bang You see that I have had my shot Time has come and gone. Oh, won't I please get off the stage? Let someone else get on. Will I? I won't be relegated or leave without a fight. No, I will not go gentle into that good night. that I once rang You may think it's unseemly Well, I don't give a dang No, I won't go with a whimper I am going with a bang Rising from the ashes Every chance I get I may be running out of time But it ain't Cause me and Sister Phoenix, we won't give up the flight, no, no We will not go gentle into that good night And I won't go with a whimper, I'm going with a bang Life's a song I keep on singing I may not be as juicy, hell, but I still got some tang, so you won't hear me simper, I may have gotten limper, but I won't.